Welcome to Adjusted Reality, a podcast series trusted by the adjusted and brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress, where we learn from athletes, celebrities, influencers, and healthcare professionals about how to optimize health in a fun, relatable way. Join me, Dr. Sherry McAllister, as I speak with Dr. Chris Zeno, a world-renowned speaker, author, entrepreneur, and hero. After winning Mr. America in 1998 and being a leader in the fitness industry, he found himself defying a deadly disease in his late 20s. Dr. Zeno leveraged his experience to establish one of the largest health and wellness clinics in the world, helping thousands of patients per week. Now, an international speaker, author, and mindset expert, Dr. Chris has shared his message of wholeness in mind and body over 4,430 times. Welcome to the show, Dr. Zeno. Thanks, Doc. Thanks uh, for having me, and thank you for everybody who's watching. We're going to have fun. We are going to have fun because Uh you're just a fun person, and I think we can really help our audience adjust their reality. So let's start with the big wow. So Mr. America in 1998. Um, I'm seeing the background, and for some of you that are just listening, you can't see the visual of this. There's some pretty impressive pictures back there. So, Mr. America in 1998, what actually got you into the competitive bodybuilding industry? Great question. Um, You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they they always looked up like you hear Arnold and this and stuff, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it was my dad. You know, my dad had a great physique on him. And, you know, my dad was a huge inspiration to me. He was the person, the man I looked up to. And I always wanted to be like my dad. So, Around 12, when we moved from New York to Florida, my dad was like, hey, listen, you know, in your room, we'll put a little gym in your room. I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. One of those little weight machines. And there you go. And it was something that when I did it, because, you know, at that age, going 12, 13, 14, that time of your life, um, you know, you wanted anything that you got positive attention over, you stuck with, right? Because it's a weird a weird kind of age of, of being, you know, validated and this and that. So it was just something that responded well to me and that, you know, I was getting attention in any way, shape or form from that. So that kind of became my thing all through high school and, and college and even today. So that was outstanding. My thing. Oh, it's, it's a heartwarming story because yeah. parents do play a major role in yeah. how their children grow up. And we give tribute to your dad, bringing you into this fantastic opportunity to really showcase how people can enjoy life in a very healthy, strong way. And I very much enjoy having someone who really has pushed themselves beyond most barriers. And I'm sure it was quite a exciting time to be Mr. America in 1998. So- Tell me now, as we go back over time and Mm -hmm. you start working out, and I'm sure getting into that competition alone is fierce competition. I think back to some of the legends in the profession, like you mentioned, Dr. Um, or uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and and think celebrity bodybuilders, but you Mm kind of had this very life-changing moment that took that victory Mm-hmm. And threw it all upside down because here you are massively working on your well-being, on your health, on your strength, and how that looks on stage as well as how that acts in your activities of daily life. And then you get this diagnosis. Right. And for our audience sharing with mm-hmm. you this masterful um, moment of how one can overcome, it was the ulcerative colitis. Can you tell us a little right. bit about, you know, from that moment of being top of the the charts to getting this diagnosis? Yeah. So, you know, you look a certain way, you're on cover of magazines. And I, at that point, you, I, that's what health was, right? I looked a certain, I mean, I'm cover magazines, looked a certain way, felt a certain way. I never really had pain or anything like that. And uh, top trainer for, you know, TV shows and everything like that. And never in a million years would I think, you know, this 
diagnosis come upon me. So after a while, you know, I started going to the bathroom a lot, no big deal. Thought it was a stomach bug. Then you go to the bathroom 13, 14, 15 times and you're losing a lot of weight and then you start bleeding every time you go to the bathroom. So it was one of those things where I disassociated with it. What that means is, you know, you kind of like think, well, it'll just go away or you just kind of don't pay attention to it. But this thing got worse and worse and worse to the point where you're losing your bowels in public. You can't hold it anymore. And it really became something that stopped me in my tracks. I went from about 230 pounds to 168 pounds in about three months. And it just got to that that rock bottom moment where there was just something that had to be done. And I, I didn't like doctors then, even though I didn't have a chiropractic principle, like no one wanted to go to the hospital. But when I went there and they diagnosed with an incurable, incurable terminal, terminal autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis, I did all the drugs and the prednisone and the organ injection medications and the remicades, all that stuff, and nothing worked. And the only option they had for me is to remove my colon and take out my entire and have a colostomy bag the rest of my life because it was turning into Crohn's, uh, colitis and Crohn's, which was now having, you know, autoimmune in the lower intestine is, is colitis, autoimmune in the upper intestine is Crohn's. So it's now becoming two things. So I did everything they told me to do and nothing was working. So now that's really scary because at least you're like, okay, well, I don't want to go this route, but hey, we got some good professionals in charge. And when it doesn't go the way they thought it went to be, now you're scared. And I was about a week and a half away from surgery. And my mom sends out this prayer email, you know, like, hey, pray for my son. I'm sure we all got one of these, you know, prayer emails at one point. My anatomy teacher from high school, uh, he, you know, here I'm in co- I'm past college now. So he's like, hey, listen, you know, and he contacted me. He's like, hey, I want to see you when you come into town. And, you know, I was there and he took the time, come to some, he's like, listen, I saw what's going on. Why don't you go see my doctor? He's a corrector care chiropractor will change your life. And I thought that was witchcraft. Like, what the hell is that going to do? I have like a, an incurable disease. What's a massage going to do for it? Because I had experience with chiropractic before. When I was in high school, I had a chiropractor tape my ankles. I had a chiropractor do some non-chiropractic stuff. But that was my idea what a chiropractor was. Never took the time to tell me what the principle is. Never took the time to tell me about the nervous system. I thought a chiropractor was just a, a massage person. And there was no way I could put it in my head logically how that has anything to do with this disease that the best in the world can't help. And I go, thank you so much. And this kind of goes with the question you'll ask me at the end, but I go, thank you so much. I go, but I tried everything. And then I said, I didn't realize at the time when you say something such as I tried everything, you don't even realize that you just became a total victim and there's just, you're hopeless. And then he shook me up in a very good way, but just saying, well, you couldn't have tried everything because if you tried everything, you would have had your health. Or if you tried everything, you would have had your result. And it took me back. I'm like, oh my God, he's right. Because you know, sometimes when we're going through a tough time, we don't realize like how we're just we're just believing, you know, a lie. I'm like, oh my God, it's right. A simple question. I'm like, yeah, I would have had something. That's right. So at least it gave me a little bit of uh, an idea to try something, or at least look, look at one more thing. So I went there, met his chiropractor, took extras in my spine, and just first time someone taught me that the principle of a chiropractic was very simple. It was one of those lectures where you couldn't deny it. I mean, it was just laws of life, right? So as he you knew, he just spoke in very easy terms using laws of life that you can't deny. It's like if you sat and gave me a lecture on gravity and kept on dropping something and saying, this is gravity. I'm like, yeah, that's gravity. That's the way chiropractic was explained to me. Uh, didn't talk over my head, talked to me like a human being, respectfully, made sense. And when I saw my x-rays, they were, you know, my atlas was off, that first one to protect the brainstem, my lower back was trashed, even though I didn't feel pain there. And uh, that was it. That was the sign. And I said, listen, you know, when am I going to get better? Because that's what we want to know. I'm sure every chiropractor there would have, that's the number one question. Well, when am I going to get better? He's like, well, and this is how confident he was. He goes, you know, as long as you have that damage there, interfering with life from the brain to the body, your body's going to be in a diseased state. And then he points at me, he goes, but when you choose to correct your problem that you have, put it all on me. When you choose to correct that, then your body will be in the environment and have the potential to heal itself. He's like, but the day and the hour you're looking for, he goes, that's not up to me. Because that's between you and your body. He goes, but I will tell you, if you do your part, you're going to get well. And wow. That was the most honest answer. Talk about honest, because how many times... Um, you chiropractors or any doctor they just want they, they they just they're talking they just want to give you an answer to appease your question versus truly telling someone 
I don't know. Well, how did I get this problem? I don't know. My job is that there's something interfering with your nervous system. I'm going to help remove the interference and your body's going to get well. The day and the hour, you're going to get better. It's not up to me. It's between you and your body. But you will get well if you don't quit on yourself. Like, I mean, just let's be honest. Because a lot of times I think, and, and in my practice, I found that the word I don't know has been the most freeing thing because like, just tell me you don't know. Versus doctors saying it might be this, it might be that. Let's try this drug. Let's try that. Like, how about I don't know, but your body knows, and our job is to get the body to function its optimal potential. And it was the most honest doctor. It was the most honest answer someone gave me, and I was like, fair enough. And uh, and so that I, I chose that route. And I wish I could tell everybody in a week and everything. No, it was it was not a week. It was seven of the scariest months of my life. And what's tough, doc, is. You know, the 3D reality, the 3D reality is what we're looking at now. I can see things with my five senses. And when your five senses are telling you you are sick and you're bleeding, so especially if you're bleeding, whenever you go, when you are seeing red blood every day, your five senses are telling you what? You are sick. And so when you see the reality, what you consider the reality, you don't realize the body's doing its job of healing. So seeing the evidence of not getting well is very difficult. But the cool thing about the body and laws of life is whether I believed in the principle of chiropractic or not, laws of life do not care about my opinion, and they're going to work regardless of I believe in it or not. And slowly, slowly, you know, going to the bathroom less, blood started to pick up, stop a little bit. So, you know, by, by five, a couple months later, I was off the drugs. Seven months later, my body had healed itself from an incurable disease. And that was my story. Now I had a story. Now, when I have a story and an experience, now I could go out and have a purpose. And so I went back to school and that was in 2005. We opened up the practice. This is where I think the audience embraces that truth, honesty, transparency, and taking mm -hmm. the time to really talk to a patient and having that moment to empower you because yeah. you're absolutely right on task is when someone takes it from them and puts it on you. It is your opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that you saw this as you went from victimhood, which many of us can fall into that sure. category when we're sick. And like you said, you're bleeding and you, you feel victimized. Mm -hmm. Here I am doing the very best for my body. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. wonderful things. And all of yeah. a sudden, my body's not participating. How is that possible? Yeah, right. I mean, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I walked on treadmill every morning. I ate vegetables with every meal. I took my vitamins. Yet there's people lining up at Sonic and fast food and they're doing a lot better than me. Right. That's a mind. That's a mind. That's a mind. You know what? Mm -hmm. You're you see, right. You see how you see how when you just don't know the whole story, how you could stand in judgment of this is unfair. What, 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 I don't understand this. I, I was a very virtuous health virtuous person that judged people for being overweight and drinking and smoking. I mean, it didn't make sense because I only knew, I didn't know what health was. I thought it's how you looked. No, no one told me it was how you function. I didn't know that. I think that's I didn't really know that. important. The reason, yeah. I, I didn't know the reason why heart disease and cancer, the type of disease killers, because you don't feel it. And if we base our health on how we feel, we're not going to feel the disease killers that actually take the longest to kill you. Heart disease takes forever to get to you cancer takes forever to get to you but you don't feel them but i stub my toe i feel that immediately what's worse right so it's it's no one took the time to teach me what health was and in a in a little lecture a little 30 minute lecture it was enough for me to say hey you know what it didn't have to i i didn't have to embrace the entire philosophy of the body healing itself but it was enough to at least get me to make it make a step and the toughest part, though, was like I say, like going through the steps, even though you didn't see the manifestation of the results, but just knowing, hey, I have really no option. And if I keep on doing my part, I'll get better no matter what. And a lot of people say, well, you must have a really good positive mental attitude because you're very positive and you speak inspirational. No, I wasn't positive at all. I was scared and I was negative. I mean, like who wouldn't be? So I don't want someone to think that it's and that's another thing. Sometimes when people are not doing well, they think that you know, they say some affirmation that's good. No, no, it, it's, it's, it's your morning, your go, your morning, uh, your health. But when you have the right laws, that's what I said, that's why I say, it doesn't matter your belief. If you have the right laws, 
working with the bodies on it against it, it's your best chance of doing it. And once you get that little bit of momentum that you see, even though momentum everybody else sees, but once you start to see the momentum of moving in the direction, then your your faith turns into belief and knowing. And that's the big thing. So having faith is one thing, you know, because it still hasn't happened yet. But when, then when you actually see it happen, now you know. And when you reach a state of knowing, then there's no turning back. That's why I believe to really get to a state of knowing over faith is you have to go through the experience. You know, my patients that their little kid, they get an ear infection and, they, and the child heals on its own. That was the toughest ear infection they ever went through in their life because it was the time they gave their child to he- the chance to heal on its own. So you know how scary it is, but once they went through the experience, now the experience proved it true. And that's why I believe like sometimes we go through an experience to really test and get to a level of knowing where logically it makes sense, but even logically it makes sense. We have this emotional thing like I'm scared. And so it's okay to be scared. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to be angry. Sure. I mean, so yeah, there was no positive affirmations going on. It's a very scary time. I totally agree with you when you look at people that are trying to heal as they really do have to work through their emotions and that anger and upset and disappointment and the willingness to keep trying is so important. And that anatomy teacher did you the greatest service of all, which is just keep trying. There's more options. And, uh-huh. and really that is an effective and important step is consistent persistence. And, yeah. and as I ask you, the next question that comes to mind is how did you keep with it? There's a treatment plan, obviously in those seven months that changed your life. Literally, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd be here today. Had that anatomy teacher didn't, didn't give you the, wait a minute, stop, think, experience, contemplate, push through the barrier. Tell me what those seven months were like in the healing process. Yeah, they were scary. Cause I had mentioned, you're still seeing for months, the reality that I'm seeing blood every day, you know? So it's not, it's, is it working? I don't think it's working, but what else, what else, what other option I had? I didn't have any other options except surgery. So I just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And people would say, no, you just got to keep at it. And, um, you know, you almost wanted to prove them wrong sometimes. Like like you said, you go through all the gambit of emotions. Now, are we saying anger is a good vibration to be in and 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 indifference and and no, that vibration will destroy anything. But what I'm trying to say is you're gonna go through an up and down of emotions. You're gonna feel it's working one day, you can have a good day. Holy crap, I got a good day. Oh my god, I have bad days, right? So it's like, but then you just start saying, Well, I had a good day, or this was different. And I just had to give myself time because a lot of times, just think about it. We put timelines on things and it's rooted in nothing, meaning that someone might say, I'm going to give this, we'll be doing something. It could be anything, a business, a relationship, your health, finances. And there's a point where we say, you know what? I gave this enough time where I thought I should have better results. I invested enough money where I thought I should have better results and I put enough energy into this where I thought I would have had a better result. Like, like there's something, but where, where did I get that idea from? It just, I don't know. But I, I think by three months, I should have been better. By 3,000, I should have been better. But, you know, I put this much effort in. So surely I would have had a better result than I did. Like, but a lot of times we, we make up these expectations that are rooted in nothing. Well, who told me just three months? Well, I, I don't know. Okay, how about if it takes 30 years? You know, so you're right. So it's like sometimes, so I really had to like 10X my idea. Like, you know, I feel in my three months, because what happens if I heal on the fourth month and I quit at the three month mark? Mm-hmm. It's that uh, digging for gold. You know, the guy's, he's digging and digging and he felt, hey, I, I, I worked hard enough. I spent enough money to do this and I put enough energy. I think I'm done. There's nothing here. And he was a foot away from tapping into gold. So a lot of times I think we stop short where one thing I did have to do is 10X. Like here, if I think it's be three months, you know, I got to give myself double that six months. You know, if I feel it's going to take only this amount of money, I just got to double that. So I doubled it. And I teach people to even 10X it now. If you think it's going to take 3,000, it might take 30. If you think it's going to take three months, it might take 30 months. Because I realized that how many times do we, we fall short or quit short when all, all you were on the right track? All you need to do. And then what we feel is we're on the right track. We quit short because of these expectations that we planted in herself. I think as a, prof- a doctor, they need to actually plant the expectation. You leave it up to the patient. 
in, in one in one week, I'm like, how come I'm not better? So if the doctor doesn't give the right expectation, we'll quit thinking something was the wrong path. We'll try another path, surgical, whatever, thinking that this path that was the right path didn't work. And here we go on this other journey looking for something. And, and we totally got off the, the train that was taking us in the right direction. So I believe expectation that was put forth by the doctor was extremely important as well. Otherwise, I would have been like, hey, it's been a week. I don't, I don't see it. Let, let's go with expectations. Yeah. You clearly had the peak of your professional career as a bodybuilder and, and, and it's, it's no small feat to, um, to, to have the accolades you had in bodybuilding during that time. Did you quit bodybuilding? How, how did you manage? Because that was probably uh, yeah. a massive part of your mental uh, well-being as well <laughs> as your physical Oh yeah, there's no training whatsoever. Yeah, you would go to the bathroom all the times. You're weak. You're tired. Yeah, I mean, my identity was how I looked. Mm-hmm. Well, what sucked is because you know when you when you shoot for a cover of a magazine, the magazine may come out eight months after you shoot the shot. So what really sucked is I'm emaciated. I was stripped of my 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 uh, identity. Basically, I lost all this muscle, and when you're checking it at the at the grocery store. There's your cover. It was a okay. real, you know, it was a real, it, it really messed with your head. But the, and my, but that was my identity. My identity is how I looked. So I literally had my identity taken. And, um, but the good news is I built it, I built my identity back uh, with the bigger meaning for sure. You did. And it's so nice, you know, we could say, oh, what a good story and story. But like, I think we need to address is like, only looking back, as Steve Jobs says, can you connect the dots? I did right. not see where the dots were going. So, of course, I could look back and I could make a beautiful story sound beautiful. But, and anybody can if we really try. But moving forward, I just will let you know there was so much uncertainty. There was so much unknown. You just didn't know. But looking back, I see the absolute beauty in this whole entire thing. It's been the most, in fact, I took something that I felt was at the time was such an unfair thing in my life to see it as the absolute greatest present I ever got. I mean, like, I'm so grateful for it. And I wouldn't do a time machine. I wouldn't, if I had a time machine, I would, I wouldn't use it for that, <laughs> for sure. That's... So, but see, but, but looking back, we could say that. But a lot of people, if there's a situation like, yeah, I'm not in, I'm not in that stage yet. I know, I get it. But you got almost, I always tell people, like, Think of this as part of the movie, and you're just kind of in the, in the crap part of the movie. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know, my mom had a favorite saying that she said, you know, looking back on this, you'll laugh. And I'm like, there's no way I'm yeah. going to laugh. This is like yeah. the worst thing that's ever happened. No, yeah. you you right. will look back, and you will see it very differently. And, and I do yeah. reflect on your identity was taken, and yeah. that is a very deep, deep statement. Because many of us have identities and things we may or may not even realize, whether it's, you know, identify as being a mother or a wife or a chiropractor. Um, These identities, when they get shaken up, it's, it's hard to find that place where you can go and pick, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and shake yourself off and have, I love the 10 X moment because man, you're right on the money. You know, where where you think about how long is this going to take as long as it takes. It was the key word from that from that doctor that was helping you. But but with such a, a beautiful story is you took a major incident. And for the audience, this is a big piece of it is a major title that waited for you. And you came back, not just Mr. America. Mr. Universe in 2016. I want the audience wrap your head around. You went no. from really good to getting sick to being wow. How was that no. victory different after you realized that's just one piece of my yeah. life? I'm much more than that. And I became right, literally right. Mr. Universe. Yeah. Um well then I got my identity in chiropractic and building a massive practice and helping a lot of people. So my my focus, it was just such a side job. It was a side side hobby. In fact, I mean the truth is I was getting bored. I was getting bored in practice because you could have you could be very successful and get extremely bored because you just had the systems down, right? So it was just I mean, that was a result of me being bored. Be like, listen, I gotta conquer something again. I gotta because as a spiritual being, we're in a physical 
uh, reality. It's like we're meant to, to grow, expand, evolve, and afford progress. And so there's that part of me that practice was getting boring. I was very grateful, but it was boring. And I just wanted to evolve and grow somewhere or conquer something. So I just picked that up. See, one of my associates competed. And I said, let me see if I still got it. And I still did. So I did it. How I'm so cool glad I did that. How cool is that? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of you because yeah, yeah. many people don't go back and stretch more after they have had some some very big um, blips in the road that that really shake them up. And can you, for for the listeners that are that are here right now, to walk us through a day in the life to become Mister Universe because to me oh. it's got to be an amazing moment of right, of right. really strict. Yeah. regimen. And so you must be like seriously strict to have a job and then yeah. decide, you know what, I'm going to try out to be Mr. Universe yeah. today. Yeah. You know what? One thing I could tell everybody it is the most unsexy, mundane, boring, uh, who could do it the longest approach. And that's the key. For instance, we like to change stuff around. Like that could be the diet. The, 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 listen, I always tell my, my team, because I go, listen, a Michelin five restaurant. They've been in business for 30 years. How often do they change the suit? I'm like, never. They made the same damn recipe for 25 years in a row because they found the right recipe and they didn't mess with it. So a lot of times we get something, we get it. We kind of, it kind of gets mundane, kind of gets boring. It's routine. And we want to like sabotage it or change it up a little bit to at least get a little excitement. And sometimes you change the recipe. So, the typical day it was very simple, and at this time I, I had a, a wife and family, right? So, I mean, this is, I had a whole other and at practice. I had all these other greater. It's um, amazing. It's a juggling act extraordinaire. Yeah, so tell us, even. we're no, on the no, edge no, of our no. seat. Yeah, yeah, not even like I. This is a. This is a. It's it's not too exciting. No, you woke up. You did cardio, so I made sure I did it before everybody woke up. You know, you just walk on a treadmill for 30, 40 minutes, and then you ate the same thing every single day. So, can you eat the same breakfast, the same second meal, third meal, fourth meal, fifth meal, sixth meal? Yes, I can eat the same thing. Um, can you work out forty-five minutes a day with weights five days a week? Yep, I could do that. Okay, can you do that for sixteen to seventeen weeks in a row? Uh, without cheating or, you know, but, you know, there's chances are you might splurge here and there and get depressed at yourself. Can you do that as least as possible? Yeah, I could do that. So that's really, it is like, it's like that old commercial, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, guy wakes up, time to make the donuts. It just, wake up at 4.30, just hop on a treadmill. I used to go to sleep in my gym clothes just so I could wake up, I'm ready to go, right? So it's just, but yeah, no one was sleeping. So, I mean, it was my same it was just, can I do this thing strict for 16 weeks? So it really is doing the same thing over and over and over to get the end result. And change, and really, like, because you were able to control all the control as many variables as possible. You don't want variables because variables are where issues go wrong. And you get all the variables done. Literally, is like, can you do walk, do your cardio, eat this meals, work out what weights, and it doesn't change. It doesn't change. I love it's, how you make. Yeah. Mr. Universe so easy. <laughs> but it really is. And that's I love the key. that. That's the key because it's like in my mind, it wasn't like, oh, I got to do this tomorrow. Oh, I got to do this Wednesday. This week I got to do this. It just literally I said in my mind, like, you know how like things are habitual. I wake up, I brush my teeth, I go to shower. You know how you guys have that habitual stuff? Make it habitual. I wake up, I get on the trail. It just becomes part of like the day. So it's it's something you don't even think about. It just, this is what I do. It's okay, go, like, go back into that day for me. So we know you walk on the treadmill for 45 minutes. Yeah. So when you get so to I the listen gym. To podcasts, so I listen to podcasts. Good, adjusted right? reality so, is always on your right. podcast list. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's something special there. So the treadmill sucks, okay? But the treadmill and watching a YouTube video or a treadmill and listening to a podcast, and then I get some an insight that I'm able to use that day and I become 2% better. Now that treadmill became a university on wheels for me or university treadmill, right? So now I got to the point where if I didn't do the treadmill, I missed out on my learning that I started to enjoy more. So I, I was, you know, those, those YouTube videos I watch, or those podcasts I listen to, I was, I was self-developing and I was studying. So that became, you see how I stacked that? So mm -hmm. I'm on this treadmill, number one, 
I'm getting lead for a contest. All right, great. It makes me feel better. Great. And I'm learning and bettering myself. You see how I'm stacking things? So I gave it a big why behind that, right? And then the food, the food's cooked. It's, you know, I mean, it's rice and meat, you know, rice and chicken, not, not, not a big deal. So at seven by seven, I was at work, worked from adjusted people from seven to 10, uh, 11 o'clock, I'm at the gym from 11, 11.45, come back, do whatever paperwork stuff I had to do, go back to work at four, work four to six, come home, just like I am now. And I uh, have two more meals, go to bed. It was just, it's it's so boring. I mean, like to anybody, it's so boring, but when you make it monotonous and you make it just routine and you make it second nature and you don't think about it, then 16 weeks later, you're like, hey, wow, you know, I'm, I'm in shape, I look good. And it was just a matter of time and consistency. And so that's why, like, if you could really simplify it like I did, and make it no big deal. I just say, hey, listen, we're going to habitualize this versus getting on the scale, looking at my, what's my body fat. No, no, just like this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to. I could literally have put on sweatpants or sweatpants and sweatshirts for the entire time, and in 16 weeks, took my shirt off, and I would have been ready. So it's just like the thing. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think a lot of times we're forcing it, just like it helped. How like how come I'm not better? Well, it's only been three adjustments. How come I didn't lose weight? You only did the treadmill twice. You know, it's just like <laughs> like we're just so impatient and because of our impatience a lot of times in life we're on the right track we're on the chosen path and we're actually free but we choose bondage we choose to sabotage we choose to okay let's go to sabotage i like sabotage because because really when you're down and out and you're kind of feeling i i i don't want to eat chicken anymore so i want that cake so so chris because you're very regimented yeah can, can you tell the audience so you're at that birthday party or that friend's um, retirement celebrate, whatever it is, cocktails there, (laughs) birthday cake, whatever. (laughs) What what do you, what do you tell yourself? Cause you don't want chicken anymore and you want a cocktail. Right. How about, Oh, we'll just use my sons. We'll be walking and my son Titus like, Hey dad, can I get pizza? I'm like, sure, buddy. He's like, dad, don't you want this pizza too? Of course, buddy. I love pizza. I go, I'd have it every day. I go, but I choose not to today because it's not it's not congruent with daddy's goals. You know, oh, I go, but I can nice. have it. See, so it's not like I never said I can't. I could have whatever I want. I could have cookies right now if I wanted. So when I change it into I can't to I can, of course I can. I mean, who the hell's can? Of course I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. So I come from a place of power. Of course I could have that cake. But if I have that cake, it's getting in the way of my goals. It's sabotaging my goals. So my goals mean a lot to me and that's going to sabotage it and if i do choose to have the cake or choose to have the cookie i know i know the consequences i have to pay for it you know i might feel crummy the wheat might make me inflamed i might feel a little hungover the next day because you know you get it's real food hangover is a real thing and it's like and sometimes it's very worth it it's like you know what i'll deal with the food hangover but it was worth it so it's always my choice and so when you come from a place of power not from i can't no, I, of course I can. I just choose not to because it's not it's not in line with dad's goals. It's not in not the beginning when you started doing your goals, because th- th- this is really an important yeah. piece. You have to monumentally concentrate on those goals like you have to have them ingrained in your essence to be able to do it. So, as you say, monotonously yeah. and yeah. love that you're raising your two boys in that same yeah. empowerment strategy and. Yeah. When you're when you set your goals, you know you're going to be yeah. on a six week stint. Yeah. Do you when you're when you're done? Like do you do you have those moments where you're just like I'm going on a uh, I can eat whatever and eat whatever, or do you pretty much say okay these are my goals I set them in place they're right. absolutely monumentally the most important part, and then when I do have that food hangover, which by the way I love I love that term because people yeah. really do need to recognize. Yeah that it's a hangover, it hurts, and your body's inflamed, and it's angry. So so get with it. It's the same as your tequila night. But the goal setting, how do you make it extraordinarily strong enough that it overcomes the, you kind of want that pizza? Oh, Dr. Sherry, what I just told you right now, my outlook was developed after years of pain. And the pain was, I ate the cake, I felt like crap the next day. I ate the cake. I felt like crap the next day. I felt depressed. I felt depressed. I don't like feeling depressed. I feel sluggish. I'm off my A game. That happens enough times. It's like 
it's like if you came up and punched me in the face, you came up and punched me. In the face. After a while, it's like, I don't like this. I don't like feeling this way. I don't like my vibration being low. I don't like feeling sluggish. I like feeling depressed. My stomach's upset. For what? For tasting that like it. And then, and then when I was eating right and exercise, I feel good. My endorphins are high. I got my training in. I woke up on time. I didn't sleep in and I'm not slugging my go. So I, you, you start enjoying, like, I really like feeling this way. Not just looking this way. I enjoy feeling this way. And so the pain of sabotaging yourself, because when you sabotage yourself, it's not just the food. And you feel crummy, and your body goes through. A, I think the two worst things is alcohol and 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 bad and and in, uh, processed food. I think the combination of uh, food and uh, bad food. I don't want to say bad, but food that's not really healthy for you. And alcohol is just is destruct more destructive than any recreational drug out there. Mm-hmm. And I just did not like that feeling. It wasn't just a physical feeling, but it's like I sabotaged myself. You know, I when I, I attacked myself, you know, I should be my own best friend. And I, I, uh, I betrayed myself. So it's like, shit, I don't want to feel like this is ridiculous. So it's like, and when I was, when I am doing those things, I feel good. My self-esteem is high. My self-value is high. You know, I'm sticking to my, so it's like, this is a much better place. I'm a much better person. I'm, I'm on my A game. I'm a much better, I'm a much better all around person. So this this was much more enjoyable. So after years, guys, after years, everybody, I guarantee if I if 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 I got you drunk every day, there's gonna come a time where you're gonna say what? I'm done. No way. Like Like there comes there comes a there comes a place. There's not just a place of pain. We've all been there, but there literally comes a, a point of like a rebirth where you're like. The lines in this, like enough, like literally, it's enough, enough. Like when you see someone that they're like, you ever see that person? You hear the story? They lost 150 pounds, mm-hmm. and you're like, congratulations. Let's talk about the moment. And the moment was this person tried to lose weight their whole damn life, but there came a moment where they were so disgusted with themselves, they reached a level of disgust that was far worse than they ever reached, and it was so powerful and so painful that in the moment they didn't take. They need it in the moment, in the split second, they made their mind up. So it's a split second where you make your mind up that they never went back. That's how someone loses 100 pounds. That's how someone changed the relationship. That's how someone makes because it gets, they just make it, they get so disgusted sometimes. They make a decision and it's, it's made, you know, versus teeter tottering. So what I just mentioned was years and years of finally saying, no way, enough's enough. And when I do have a vacation meal, because I call it a vacation meal. I don't call it a cheat meal because cheating is associated with guilt and shame and bad. No, a vacation meal because it's part of the plan. It's part of enjoying life. Food tastes amazing. It tastes wonderful. It's a vacation plan. And after vacation, what do we do? We get back on track. So I realized, but this was years of, of self-sabotage and beat myself up because I self-sabotaged. And here, it was I was the one who was doing this all to me. So I was like, listen, I got to enjoy and love myself a little bit more. And not put myself through things that are really sabotaging my life and who I am on multiple levels. So you're just you're just here. Like it happened enough times where I just I had I got to draw a level of disgust where I had to become empowered over it, and and that's where this terminology comes from. That's really the key from sabotage to empowerment. And where right. how deep do you need to go? Like some people need to dig deep, they dig the the hole so deep it's 10 feet, and others are like, mm, I don't like that. I kind of look a little he- heavy in this dress. I need to lose two or three pounds, whatever this the spot yeah. is, wherever you are right now. Dr. Chris Sano has fed yeah. it, he has yeah. experienced it, he has been there, and this is years of experience. Yeah. And and one of the things that as we kind of manage it in our brain, some of us need to write it down on on that food hangover yeah. chart. You know that the body starts to recognize. You know what? You yeah. had popcorn, and popcorn could be your nemesis. Number one, you love the salt. Number two, you love the butter. And number three, who needs that? Right? It, it, it you wake up one day and recognize, like you said, being punched in the face over and over again. This doesn't feel good, and you might need to actually diary the food hangover moments yeah i mean you remember it or you recall it and um it just that's what it takes that's the point where you're like hey i'm not doing this to myself anymore and really when you think about it 
like a relationship. When someone leaves a toxic anything, toxic food, toxic relationship, what happens? They get to a moment where they're like, you know what? I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. And it really is an act of love. It really is. It's, 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 it's becoming, it's seeing yourself, it's becoming your own best friend and going through that. And I, it's just, it's remarkable how you do it. And then you really, and that becomes freedom. And let me tell you, another thing we got to look at, a question you need to ask is, if you aren't getting out of those habits, you need to ask yourself whether it be sickness, whether it be a, a, a toxic relationship, whether it be a job that you're not happy with, maybe, or maybe a financial situation that keeps on you know, pushing you down. You need to ask yourself, and it's very counterintuitive, how is this serving me? And everybody's going to say, it doesn't serve me. And I'm going to tell you it does because you're staying there. Because it's serving you and it's serving a story of yours in some way, shape, or form. What I mean, a story, you can have a paradigm or a story going on that my family is poor or I can't find a good man. Or I can't find, like, like there is something or being overweight. What is that serving you? Are you hiding from something? I mean, you're like, what is it? Are we, fear, are we fearing success? Like, because if you look at it, like a lot of things we're in don't serve us one bit. And it's logically impossible to see why would we still be doing it? Because deep down subconsciously, it's serving you. And when you could find out it's serving me because, you know, um, you know, my parents had a relationship like this, or it's, some it's somehow serving your story. And that might be a story that's keeping you where you're at. And it's time to change your story. So that's how much that could be a whole podcast on its own. But I was Bruce, just thinking right? that we might have to have Dr. No. Christina back for, right, right, for sure. the authentic like, story. Well, sure, you know, when you deal with patients, when you give them advice, it's, it's very simple stuff. It's not, but why don't they, it's like, sometimes I go, how is this pain serving you? Well, I don't know. I really don't have the time or the money right now. I'm like, well, you don't have the time or the money. I go, how is this serving you? Well, it's not, I'm like, it's not serving you. So, I mean, your health, of course you invest time and money into this. This is not serving you, but you just get to see their, their mind defaults into this. It defaults into an old pattern. And sometimes, you know, that change to get them healthier is breaking that pattern. It and is. What, is it a worthiness issue? I'm not worthy to be successful. I'm not worthy to be a good, like it could be, it, it stems from deeper stuff, but it all comes to the relationship with yourself. So I think a lot of times you guys are struggling with something, just sit down by yourself and truly be honest and be like, how is this serving me? And the first thing you're going to say is it doesn't serve me. I understand that. But why do you say, why do you keep on eating that? Why do you keep on sabotaging yourself? Because what are you afraid of? What are you angry about? Or what story is it? What what storyline has it fed you that you were told when you were younger? And again, that's a whole other thing it that is. I, and, and I went through. You know, I had a, I had to to do the self work, and the self work is what I call study. Like if I wasn't listening to those podcasts like this, it's like when you listen to a podcast, everybody who listens to this podcast, right? This could be ten years from when we recorded it. Everybody listening right now, there was at least one thing that hit you right in the chest, and you went, "Oh my god." That's right. Or you had an aha moment, even if it's one thing. Now, imagine if you had a one thing for the next 365 days, like how much different would your life would be? You would need a telescope to see how far you came. So that's why personal study or those little times where you take time for yourself, we're not talking about a big change, just one little percent each day. Um, the compound effect of your life would be tremendous. You brought me to something that really is the key for all of us is we can layer and we need to take those times because you said the default and by right. all reflective purpose, the default, okay, we're just going to go back and spin the same record. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when you push pause before you go back on play again, stop that same cycle, stop yourself, ask yourself, and you're really telling the story of an authentic person who has to dive deep, who has to actually first and foremost, take a moment to question it. That, I mean, that was the first thing I heard was, do I take a moment to question myself yeah. and, and be really honest with myself? Because it's so easy to lie to ourselves. It's so easy. Be in that authentic moment. And as you said, and that was one I was going to ask you, we always give our audience action, action, action. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are, we have tips that someone's struggling right. and, um, you know, maybe they had a new diagnosis or they're suffering in that bad relationship. Give us some tips before we end, maybe two or three. I think you've given us some fabulous material sure. already <laughs> that, that you would really want someone to 
utilize because you've been to the podcast where you got one thing that hit you in the chest. Sure. Give us some of your hit me in the chest podcast moments that made you go, you need to do this. You need to do this now. Right. Yeah. Well, the first thing is, like I said, if you're frustrated in any area and you feel that like you hit a wall and there's no hope, you got to understand that you didn't try everything because if you tried everything, you had your result. So always keep that option open. And one way to know is like, are you capable? Are you, are you able and are you capable? So is it, is it capable? Well, yeah. If you know someone else who has done that, for instance, let's say someone's got a diagnosis. Pick, let's pick cancer. Do you know someone or not maybe personally, but is, it, is there is someone on record that has beat cancer naturally? Absolutely. So it's on the table. It's, it's, it's possible. You're capable now, but the thing is, are you willing? So the willing part is, am I going to stick through it? Even if, if I get nervous, even if I get scared, even if I'm, if my family's like, listen, you got to go and do this or do that. And you stick the course. So at least know, listen, it's capable. It's been done before. If it's been done before, it's on the table. It's reality. All right. So that gives you a little bit of, that might give you a little enough, a little hope to push through. Hey, it's been done by so-and-so. So I could do it. If someone made a billion dollars, do I have a billion? No, but someone, many people have done it. All right. I just lack the awareness. Remember everything. There's no one that's smarter or no, no, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Being good on a test and book smart doesn't make you smart. Um, but we all have the same potential to do things. So if someone, for instance, I always tell someone, if someone makes a million dollars a year, there's someone that makes a million dollars a month. What's the difference? It's not talent. It's awareness. Someone's just aware of something. Just like I wasn't aware of which health was. So I thought I had, I, I had no choice, but then I became aware of something I wasn't aware of before. And the awareness opened it up and got my health back. So I understand that if someone has done it before, you could do it too. A third thing, if you want to really get into it, I love apprenticing. If there's something you want to do in your life, you want to have a great marriage, great business, great health, find someone who has a great marriage, a great business, great finances, great health, and co have them coach you. Because the, the great thing about coaching is if I try to do it on my own, I only have a certain level of awareness. And there's a saying that if you're in the bottle, right? If I'm in this bottle, I can't, I can't read the label. A coach or someone from the outside could see blind spots that you don't know you have. So we were talking about the record, right? We're playing the same record. So sometimes having someone that we trust who's done something we haven't done before or further than we've done before, they could see the whole picture. They could say, here's, here's your blind spots. There they were. And it could be like that. So you just put those things together. You could get wherever you want to be. You just find someone who's already done it and you either pay them as a coach. Sometimes when you pay, you pay attention, right? Right. Sometimes when you pay, geez, I'm paying this guy a lot of money. I got to, you know, I, I have, a, I don't need someone to tell me what to eat or how to exercise, but I have a, a, a nutrition coach. Why? Because every Monday I got to send pictures and you better believe it. I don't eat that slice of pizza or cookie because I got to send progress pictures in. So paying to have an accountability coach is the glue that sticks me to my goals. I mean, yeah, it's, it's worth the three grand a year because I'm like, crap, you know, if it's me, if I'm my own coach, I might change the plan, but it's so nice. So that's why I like it. There's, there's ways to put yourself in a situation. I always say, seek people that are doing what you want to do and allow them to coach you or mentor you. And you really get wherever you are. You won't make the mistakes they made. It won't cost you as much as the, as the mistakes they made. And you'll, you'll shrink the, uh, you sh the learning curve will be shrunk tremendously. And I think you have, if you have children, it's even more important. Jeez. Like if my son wants to have a, a, an Amazon store business, I could have plenty of friends that make $30 million a year. Justice, meet Travis. And Travis, in 20 years of his experience, could teach my 15-year-old in two weeks. So we have such information, but we have so much information that it's the key. We're going to find the information that's relevant to you. So whether it be health, the five, here's the top research things, health, marriage, business, and finances. So in those areas right there, you just got to find someone who's doing what you want to do and just humbly ask them, apprentice them, pay for them, and allow them to lead you. And they'll lead you to a point, and then you might have to find someone else. But it's all there for you. It's just about – but I think you know what it comes, Dr. Sherry? And what I just said there comes a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. right? You have to trust the person. You have to trust yourself that you pick the right person. All right. And you have to trust yourself enough to invest into you. All right. So those are the three things. So that comes back to the worthiness issue. 
you know, sometimes people don't feel worthy that they don't, they're so unworthy to themselves. They can't even trust themselves to make a right decision. It's like, well, they look, they use the past. We'll see in the past. I made the, all these bad decisions in relationships, all these bad, we use the pet. What we do is that Joe Dispenza says, we recreate the future out of our past hurts and past memories versus saying the past was the past. And we have a beautiful clean slate in front of us and we could create whatever we want. Beautifully said. And with that, we can create whatever we want. We want to sincerely thank you. I believe that our listeners today had a lot of those 1% moments of a podcast because you brought so many into this one podcast to walk away with and really contemplate what it means. I sincerely thank you on behalf of all of our audience for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your passion, and your love for what you do and how you do it. So thank you. I'm hoping that in the near future, we'll have you back for part two, and we'll talk more about the experiences that bring us to why we're all worthy and why that could change our health. So put that in your back pocket. We plant the seed. It's a dream and it's an opportunity. So thank you, Dr. Cristiano, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Sherry. Thank you for everybody who listened and watched. I want to thank you for tuning in to Adjusted Reality as we spoke to Dr. Chris Zeno about his victory as not only Mr. Mr. America or the Mr. Universe, but actually about his life-changing diagnosis and how you too can find drug-free options in your healing journey. We got some great tips during this podcast, and he shared a lot about how many podcasts he listens to and how 1% of a podcast can hit you right in the chest. Well, we're hoping there was a few 1% in there. That stick to itness that you might need to 10 exit. You're capable, but are you able? Are you able to commit to it? Keep that open mind. Tip number two, there are options. And you need to be open-minded and remember how difficult it was for Dr. Christina to go from angry to options, potentially changing his life. Absolutely. He gave it the 10 X approach and it worked for him. Imagine going from a life-changing diagnosis to Mr. Universe and how much of that journey was because he 10 X it last, but not least, Find that apprentice. Find what you want to achieve. Find that person who's going to keep you honest right on task. And that coach is going to be that person who is going to ensure that your life keeps getting better. I want to thank you for joining us during this episode. This podcast was brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress as a special gift for listening today. Visit f4cp.org slash health to get a copy of our Mind, Body, Spirit ebook. It focuses on many ways to optimize your health and, of course, the ones you love without the use of drugs or surgery. Don't forget to subscribe. Share the podcast with friends and family. Rate and review. If you're feeling so inspired to learn more about chiropractic or to find a doctor of chiropractic near you, visit f4cp.org slash find a doctor. We appreciate your support and look forward to having you check back in soon. <music>